Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I was on the phone with Sean last night, he said uh, I was, he was making dinner. I was like, what are you making? He said, I'm making a dinner sandwich. What is that? <laughs> Tell just him, a, Sean. Just a sandwich for dinner. <laughs> Sandwiches. They're not just for lunch anymore. So dinner? Come dinner in this sandwich. fall to, to Disney Plus. Dinner sandwiches. <laughs> it's just like I, a sandwich <laughs> with dinner ingredients like steam green beans. and. <laughs> so that's what we came down to. I was telling them it, it makes it sound as if you're taking the contents of like a fully made plated dinner and then throwing it on a hoagie roll. Like wow. a Thanksgiving, like you're Shaggy from Scooby Doo. <laughs> so, so then what's October feast? <laughs> Edward's cornflake chicken. Yeah. A cake like that prawn thing from District 9. A dinner sandwich. Nice. Did you. Uh, did you toast the bread in your oven one slice at a time? Of course. <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed. Call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs. Or Dundamip, then the people purses paper people. Dundamip, then the people purses paper Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and human scarecrow, Sean Roney. Uh, I'm Edwin J. Skeleton Man. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Is that a palm tree or did Gabe get skinnier? Either way, let's pee on it. (laughs) (laughs) Every week, we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. This week... Gabriel Susan Lewis. Uh, Super excited to talk about Gabe this week. We got uh, some listener trivia and uh, a listener provided question for uh, for our conference room. Um, But let's uh, let's dive right into Gabriel Susan Lewis, a.k.a. Gabe, a.k.a. Gabe Wad, a.k.a. GSL, Birdman, Abe Lincoln, and of course, Skeleton Man. (laughs) Abe Lincoln. <laughs> it's so funny they mistake him for Abe Lincoln. He's without the the like the beard, the most iconic thing about Abraham Lincoln outside of the hat. Yeah. Right? What is that? Just a very a very Lincolnian man. <laughs> a, a large Adam's apple has Gabe. <laughs> uh, yes, I think we're all really excited to talk about Gabe. He is a, a fan favorite. I think it's one a, a, a suggestion that has been given to us a few times uh, to do an episode specifically about Gabe. 
Um, he definitely stands out as one of the sillier characters on the show. One of the characters with the most funny, crazy moments, um, especially later on in season eight, uh, which is kind of a crazy season. Big time. Um, but no, very excited to unpack his character. He stands out as also as the tallest, which is the cornerstone of his identity. Uh, at Dunder Mifflin is that he is tall and skinny <laughs> and most of the jokes are people are laughing at him, not with him. And it's usually because of his physical appearance as, as Dwight says, when he's watching Gabe and Kevin talk, it's two extremes of the human physique. He's accomplished a lot career wise and height wise. <laughs> he has four core principles to Pilates. One lengthen two <laughs> elongate. <laughs> And then Jim cuts him off and we, we don't we don't get to hear three and four, which is a real bummer because I want to know what they are. <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. Gabe Lewis, played by Zach Woods, who you might know from HBO's uh, Silicon Valley or Veep. Um, also a great film that I love called In the Loop. Uh, he appears mm, in yeah. um, as well as many other things. Um, mascots which was not good but he's in it (laughs) he's in a bunch of stuff he's in a he's in a couple of lego movies um uh, zach woods if you don't know is an improv master he came up at the upright citizens brigade improv theater he is upright very he's the most upright (laughs) citizen in the upright citizens brigade um he was part of an improv group called the stepfathers with Bobby Moynihan <laughs> and Chris Gethard. Oh, oh wow. man. Can I you could imagine? watch I could watch those three just having fun on stage for a while. Oh, I would love yeah, to. Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> know that Chris Gethard, of course, was in the office. Bobby Moynihan's not in the office ever, is he? I don't think so. I don't believe so. Mm, I was no, just that was one he where he does play there is an office parody that they did on SNL. It's Lord of the Ring the Hobbit Office. With Martin yes. Freeman as host and Bobby Moynihan played uh, Gandalf slash uh, David Brent. <laughs> awesome. He's he's a network colleague, not a not a show colleague. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and Gabe makes three. <laughs> <laughs> um, he taught improv at Columbia University and Duke University. Um, I think it was on Office Ladies. I, I heard Ed Helms talking about. Um, uh, Zach Woods uh, and saying that, uh, you know, everybody on the office was good at improv or thought they were good at improv until Zach Woods showed up. Um, he's I could see it, man. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine trying not to laugh when like he looks at you with a really earnest face and says something <laughs> serious? It would be so difficult. To so difficult. We see it in the bloopers. Um, yeah. And like, oh, yeah. The, the character, the character of Gabe, like what makes him so funny is he does have that improv element to him. Like they, they wrote so well for Zach Woods and he does such a good job performing it that a lot of his jokes, just like, you know, and Gabby makes three, um, a lot of moments where his head's just sort of poking in and he has, he's just <laughs> saying a comment, right? He's cause he's never, he's never brought into the group. He never feels like a friend of everybody's. He's very much kept at arm's length. Everyone keeps him away. So <laughs> yes. what that does is force him to reach his long neck into conversations and just <laughs> add a little point here and there. And it, it never gets old. It's all, it always makes me laugh. He inflects so much weirdness with his different lines. And he starts from such a boring, very straightforward, very corporate place. Um, but by his very mm-hmm. last appearance in season nine, he, basically just lists off a bunch of ridiculous lines again and again and again and again. And I think, too, oh, yeah. like you said, we can see it in the bloopers, the way he makes the other actors laugh. Um, 
And I think a lot of that you do see in the, in the moments where they give him really comedic uh, lines or um, he's got to carry that in the scene. When we just think of Gabe, what's like the, what, what's the story? What's the moment that like, do you think about first? Hmm. I think of the bloopers first, honestly. That's the first thing that I <laughs> yeah. think of. Specifically when he's in the kitchen uh, with Dwight and they're talking about protein. <laughs> they're talking about protein powder. You cut it with water. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. Just that whole scene. If you haven't seen the season eight bloopers, do yourself a favor and just take a minute and watch them because um they are they are truly ridiculous. It's it's all all the funny moments from season eight. That's what I think of from Gabe. I remember when biceps were all the rage. Dukakis was running for off. Dukakis was running for governor. <laughs> it's an old, old joke. There. I was telling Sean, as we were talking about this episode the other day, that there's like a joke construction that I've always wanted to use, but I've never in like everyday life, but I've never had oh, yeah. the opportunity. That's it. Basically, you just have to pick a different governor. Oh, yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah. When so-and-so was running for yeah. governor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh where do we start sean well us, i mean well wait 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 what about you guys what ah. is the first moment you think of? oh right hmm. i i i just sort of tend to think about the glee party just a viewing party just because uh aesthetically it just stands out in my head there's a lot more textures colors it's not in the office gabe is uh the master of the house in that episode and i i think I just a lot of moments come up from that and his outfit the, what he's wearing like that shirt tucked into jeans um and all of his Japanese stuff. You got your meats, your cheeses, your sausages. I like to think of a part of the world. <laughs> there are so many well we'll get to viewing party I'm sure. There's so many toppings on that table. It is crazy. <laughs> anyway, I, I think that if I had to pick a moment uh, that I that I th- that most um, represents Gabe for me, maybe it's uh, him going to Toby and announcing his relationship with Val. <laughs> yes. Do you even know her good. last name? No, but I will. <laughs> so she'll be screaming it all night. She'll be, be screaming, screaming her own last name. <laughs> uh, really quickly, there's, this is my favorite Gabe moment. I'll get it out of the top right here. Uh, that I think about a lot too, which is a very tiny moment. And it's when D'Angelo and Michael are staring at Aaron, trying to make sure she answers the phone their way. And you just see (laughs) Gabe in the background kind of, he's just sort of wandered in and he's looking around and he's trying to sort of communicate with Aaron behind the two of them. And he makes this face and he kind of just goes like, uh, (laughs) and he walks out of frame when they turn and look at him. (laughs) And there's a face he makes that's like, that is Gabe to me, is that little face. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, Gabe Gabe Lewis, only on the show for like two and a half seasons, really. I mean, he, he pops up in season nine um, in the episode Moving On, but he's introduced in season six, episode 15, Saber. And, uh, and he... Sabre. <laughs> And, uh, and I mean, is he, I mean, for, for how long he's on the show, do, does anyone make that big of an impression with that little of time? You know what I mean? Nelly, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I would Florida arc, but, uh, I mean, I don't know. He's yeah. Go ahead. He reminds me of Nate basically. 
that it's a character who's introduced and mm. the density is a little bit closer together. We see a lot more of Gabe over two seasons versus Nate, who we see very sporadically. But it, it has a similar presence in that he just delivers really funny lines and really silly lines and that otherwise he's very he's very functional in the early on in his office tenure but and as the voice of corporate um but that's the especially as a later season edition that's who it feels the most similar to although he's much more of a everyday face than nate is it was an interesting choice by the writers and it's it's smart that they added him when they were acquired by saber i mean that's it's a natural reason you'd all, all of a sudden have another body in the office as oh there's a new corporate overlord to this company and they're going to be we have these corporate liaisons who are going to be at the branches. And so it's a good reason to add one more person to the cast. And, you know, Steve Carell's leaving. You need new blood coming in. Um, I thought they handled it pretty well. And as as young and tall as Gabe is, he's believable that he would have this job as this, you know, corporate liaison. In that episode, Saber, uh, a box precedes his arrival, a box of all, all of his things. And that's <laughs> that's right. That's pretty much what Gabe is. He's just a corporate box that shows up and you unpack it and you set it in the office and occasionally you need it. Just a corporate stooge. Yeah, the way that yeah. um the way that he's introduced is interesting cuz I mean it it's and Edwin and I were talking about this last night. He he just keeps getting sillier as he's a, the longer he's around, but when he first shows up, he is the corporate uh, representative and um, he plays the part for for a while um, uh, until maybe um, you know we finally meet uh, Joe Bennett um, and uh, and she she arrives at the office and you know we kind of learn maybe that Gabe's like power up this company is 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 not as much as we first thought you know he just is taking care of the dogs and things like mm -hmm. that Um He's happy to have people believing that he has that power, though. Right. I mean, just for a second, while we're on the subject, I, maybe we should talk about Gabe and corporate and how when he arrives, he's kind of representing this big corporation taking over Dunner Mifflin. But I just love all the ways that they show us how he has no power at at Sabre. Um, certainly, uh, certainly one of the First things is the caption contest. Yes. Uh, and he, he recognizes right away that uh, people are making fun of corporate and he tries to jump in and make a difference. Uh, but then, of course, we catch him on the phone with HR later, um, learning himself that he has no power to reprimand anyone there. It happens too when uh, Jim and Pam. Well, there's the, uh, the the video that Oscar makes of Cookie Monster, um, and Gabe decides that this will be the moment to step in and show his authority. Uh, so he d same sort of thing. He goes to Toby, uh, or he goes to corporate, and he can ask them to come into work, ask them to not come in, but he can't suspend their pay. And then Toby tells Pam the same thing. Uh, so <laughs> at that moment, he's really guys. I would even take a contrite look as an apology. <laughs> While Dwight gets up and he says. Please, this is how you apologize. Gabriel, I express my sincerest apologies. He gets down on a knee and like takes his hand. Yeah. Um, there's, I think, well, the other big one is, of course, Pam and her office administrator job. That's one right. of the first hurdles that Gabe is tasked with is like rooting out, hey, wait, is Pam actually what she says she is? He has no paperwork. He has no proof that she has the position she claims she does. Uh, 
And it's a great way. It's 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 a very good plot device to have Gabe exploring his own powers, like you say, of what can he actually do. And it gets to the point where he's able to like, hey, you can report Pam. At his stage is basically a mall cop. He's just like, I can blow a whistle and report you and call the cops. <laughs> and uh, his character is very defined when in that moment Pam realizes, oh, he's the totally ineffectual fall guy here. He's not gonna. He's a total pushover. And she presses him and he falls right down. And all he wants is one of those little nameplates. And uh, <laughs> once he gets that, he's fine. I would say that at another point, he also kind of wants almond butter or apricot preserves. And then we, <laughs> yeah, get, yeah. And then yeah. we get a really funny scene of him eating toast. Just the way that he holds the toast is so funny. Um, I do think, too, as far as the <laughs> corporate is concerned, he's uh, he's very much the, the bridge between... Michael and Joe early on and, and uh, right. Kathy Bates' character is so uh, forceful um, and she's not in every episode. So Gabe is kind of that bridge. There's that St. Patrick's Day episode where Michael's trying to get everyone to leave or wants he wants to leave and Joe just stays and Gabe just says, oh, you never know with Joe. So mm-hmm. there's, there's an element of a bridge there. And I think too, like at that time in the office at the end of season six, the, the tone of the show is so crazy and silly. I'd, like rewatching those episodes, I was kind of surprised at how silly it is. In part because Michael doesn't have the same sort of corporate person looking over his shoulder the way that Jan and David Wallace kind of did. It's a little bit looser and saber. They don't really know what's going on. There's, uh, I love Joe's exasperation. Um, <laughs> for, listen, I don't care which one of you does the job. Just stop meeting with me to talk about it. <laughs> uh, there's another one in the end of season seven during the search committee episodes when Joe shows up and she says, welcome to Scranton, Joe. Land of a thousand problems that only you can fix. Uh, <laughs> so it's funny that Gabe is just kind of caught in the middle of that. He you know, there's a moment where Joe is speaking to Michael and Gabe's crotch. Uh, there's a moment when Gabe is on the phone um, with Joe trying to express Michael's concerns about all the changes. And she realizes that there's another person in the room. Um, it's it's <laughs> just a Gabe is just kind of the stand in for corporate. And he's so mild uh, that he very. feels very corporate. It's true. Like he's really mild when he shows up. I, I, I guess another like maybe the peak of. Um, uh, you know, uh, the absurdity of Gabe's role at um at Saber is uh when Dwight actually visits Tallahassee and sees that Gabe's desk or office is in the lobby of, <laughs> like he is basically across the lobby from the receptionist. Um, we used to I Edwin and I used to live together in college, and we lived at a house. And I moved into that house and was told I had a bedroom there. When I showed up to the house, what it was, was my bedroom was kind of off the side of a landing area between the <laughs> stairs. And I put up a curtain as my door. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much kind of what Gabe had going on. He's just, just sort of in a landing area. Big time. It was a- and he... Alex okay. didn't live with us for very long, <laughs> needless to say. No. <laughs> he found a new no. situation pretty pretty uh pretty quickly. Not on Craigslist and was like, yeah. I'll take anything. And anything I'm out. With a, anything with a door I can close would be great. <laughs> That's kinda like when Macalotti lived near our furnace in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the story anyway. for another time. Uh, uh, so I mean in, in that to, same oh, scene yeah. though, we get Gabe, you know, admitting that he is is the toilet of of Saber. And Bill has him toilet a lot of people. 
You could have gone with garbage disposal, eraser, or incinerator, but you went with toilet. God bless you. You're an American classic. <laughs> I do think too that uh, Gabe is so is so. Uh, he's just a device at the whim of corporate throughout his entire tenure. Um, even in that moment, he says, uh, "Scranton says, Gabe, we need you in Florida." Um, and then Florida says, Gabe, we need you in Scranton. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm down here. Tuesday, Thursday, I'm up there. What better way to get over my crippling fear of flying? <laughs> that is just... <laughs> the, that schedule is so funny that no one cares that he's doing that and he doesn't. That's, that's just insane. That is the the other thing about Gabe that's so funny. It's just like no one cares. No one cares about his problems. And he Mm-mm. deeply cares when someone shows any amount of respect to him it's like it's like a little bit of water to a thirsty man he's just like like uh uh what's i'm forgetting who goes to him and he's like thanks There's for recognizing a, oh, so it's, it's it's so dwight that's gabe right, says right. he says how do i become a manager at saber and gabe says well first of all thank you for coming to me if you call directly to corporate that they would have just rooted you back to me he says, i left a message with corporate <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> yeah he's like it's cool it's cool that you recognize my role here <laughs> yes that's right he's like i already left a message at corporate he's like ah there you go he's he's just he's a human he's human red tape we see this in wolf.com especially when jim is hey saying hey when there's a cap on my commissions. And once I hit that cap, there's no longer any incentive for me to sell and to work. And Gabe is the one who has to be like, yeah, well, we, we hope you'll, you know, continue your job in a professional manner regardless. And then Jim spends, you know, makes the fake audiobook. book. Uh, Sit down, you gay bastard. And uh, <laughs> Gabe just takes it, goes with it. <laughs> with, <Yeah. laughs> Joe just reading on the phone and he just sits there taking notes. <laughs> I do love when, yeah. when Jim tries to be like, hey, I'm heading out. And Gabe's like, like, <laughs> he's like super stressed out. <laughs> There's, uh, I think that's that episode too is a perfect example of where Gabe. So, Gabe obviously goes from being very boring and very corporate to being totally crazy, delivering ridiculous lines at every moment. And, like, that episode that you mentioned is a perfect example of that where he just gets. He, he delivers the corporate policy where he, he says, it's really about the money, Jim. Didn't you meet your wife here and fall in love? And he com- he compares it to, <laughs> he, I wish my gym didn't allow nudity. So I have to look down, keep a low profile. <laughs> Think of your commission cap as a naked old man in a gym locker room. <laughs> <laughs> that He's just so... Uh... We just, yeah, like you said earlier, we just slowly uncover bits of Gabe's personality. Um, just little comments he says. It's actually very similar in Silicon Valley. The character is very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, his character, Jared, in that show, where we just slowly learn things about him uh, over the course of time that you just go, who is this odd, odd looking and just overall strange man? <laughs> um and by the time we get to viewing party, when we actually go into his house, uh, we see his hobbies, we see his synthesizer, his, yes. his collection of Japanese things, but his, then he has Chinese herbs. Yes. Uh, his love that, of, that's of when, soundscapes and Asia. Making t- <laughs> I don't think you can do that. Uh, when Jim says that, the way he gave kind of looks down at the at the synthesizer after he's like, I, I didn't even know you could do that. Take, he's like, Imagine one instance of his song expanded. The whole to be the size of the universe. Yeah. Number one, lengthen. <laughs> Number two, elongate. Uh, 
Yeah. And, and so viewing parties, like when they really have to make some decisions about, OK, what's what exactly is Gabe into and who exactly is he? Because we're going into his house. A Gabe looking dude is really height, into though. Asian stuff or a you looking dude <laughs> is really into sweaters. <laughs> As Daryl says to Andy. And, and, and I would clearly... blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Can we acknowledge think... that Daryl is just yeah. standing in, in Gabe's bedroom with a shot? For Andy when he walks in there. Yeah. Take a shot with me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know how expensive places are in Scranton, but I, it seems like he's being, Gabe's paid pretty well mm-hmm. based on his house and just generally what, what he's got going on. Yeah, yeah a couple bedrooms. It yeah. Be, for a, if he's like only a, there a couple like a days a week. Or a... <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is for Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mind you. Granted, <laughs> he gives that later. That happens a little later in the show. But we yeah. like to pre- yeah. we like to assume that he's only there a couple days a week in that apartment. Um, he's got an extra bedroom that Michael can go sit and watch TV in. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know, that's that's pretty. That's a, that's a sizable apartment. Nice he's, got, he's got all that extra space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where to next? Where to next? I mean, <laughs> him and Aaron. Are we gonna? That, I'm okay, sure yes, at some point was, we'll do an episode. I, him I, and Aaron. I'm glad you mentioned. That. I was trying. I my train of thought totally dropped out for a second. But when I was <laughs> talking to Sean and and trying to come up with how we wanted the how like the progression of this, I told John that I was much more interested in uh, the evo- evolution of Gabe as a straightforward or straight laced character to a very funny character or a very silly character, um, and I was less. Uh, interested in his relationship with Aaron. It just didn't seem as interesting. Yeah. But the truth is you can't get around it. That's such a big feature of Gabe pre- Gabe's presence in the series. And I actually think that he actually doesn't really get sort of unleashed until Aaron breaks up with him in Michael's last Dundies. Um, we see just a, Gabe is very, very uh, constrained and sort of mild and normal until that happens outside of a couple moments mm-hmm. of, uh, of, uh, of weirdness that, that, that flows in. Um, mm-hmm. because he's really just kind of a foil or, um, the, the roadblock between Andy and Aaron. Um, mm-hmm. yes, Aaron and I are still dating. Why do you ask me that so often? <laughs> <laughs> you said you didn't like sex. It's like being tackled by a skeleton. Yeah. Well, and even when that happens, uh, Gabe like corners Andy and starts acting weird. Like you don't want to get on my yeah. hands. Side. I've seen some horrible things. I own over 200 R movies. <laughs> okay. That's so weird. <laughs> close in the bathroom yeah there you go bitch um yeah yeah right right up there and he quarters aaron in the bathroom too Mm -hmm. right yeah (laughs) someday our grandkids will will hear the story of how i won you back in a lady's room just read the letter under your windshield it explains everything or the under your windshield wipers it explains everything (laughs) (laughs) and then he leans in for a kiss yeah god so bad yeah he's a very awkward man uh, but I think I think that's a good way of putting it, Edwin, that he's sort of unleashed after that. And I've been looking at this. I mean, because they start dating, but we're led to believe they start dating between season six and seven. Yeah. Yes. That's like 20 episodes that they're dating. That's quite a while. That's that's um that's a good chunk of a season there mm-hmm. that they're together. And, you know, right. together is not maybe not the operative word here. But uh, once. It, the whole th- it's like you're right Gabe is there just to give Andy someone to fight against much like he's sort of just has the job in the office for people to complain to him so other people don't have to hear about it like he's he's just a he's a roadblock that's what he is in mm. life 
Very sad. There is a really funny. Ex- I mean, there's a lot of funny exchanges between Gabe, Andy, and Aaron, but it's uh, that there's a moment when Gabe walks into the break room and Andy and Aaron are just joking around. He says, Hey, Andy, you remember our conversation earlier where uh, you said you never want to date Aaron again? He says, yeah, Gabe, I remember that because you were crying. And then <laughs> Andy does this weird back and forth where he's like, Do I feel that way now? Yes or no. And he keeps going back and yeah. forth. That is between me and my diary. <laughs> <laughs> I Just, I love yeah. this part too. I mean, of like when first of all, you get Aaron breaking up with Gabe uh at uh at the Dundies at Goodbye Michael. I love that Gabe feels like he needs to take the stage after that. Says obviously I'm very angry with Aaron. <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and then, of course, I mean, search committee when, well, it just strikes me as really funny that Gabe would have kind of gotten away with his um, his creepiness towards Aaron and, and Andy if he hadn't totally insulted Kelly during the, her interview. Right, he says. He says, "Come on, are we? Is it, are we really taking this seriously?" Okay. Um, what are some of your weaknesses? <laughs> I don't have any asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but because he disses Kelly, Kelly is the one who spills the beans to Joe about uh, Gabe being super creepy and dating the receptionist, and that's when Joe says. Oh, Joe, welcome to Scranton. World of a thousand problems only you can solve. I do love, too, in that moment when Kelly knocks and she says, Joe, if I could have a word in private. And then Gabe gets up and she says, don't worry, it's not about you. And then as soon as the door closes, I love it. she says, it's about Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And then uh, when uh, Joe, they're talking about Andy and uh, to Joe, the search committee. And they said, what about this guy? He went to Cornell. And Gabe says, Sales ability, zero. Integrity, see sales ability. Uh, and then Joe <laughs> says, you got too close to these people, Gabe. We'll need to find something new for you in Florida. Um, which, it, it, watching that, it feels like they kind of write Gabe off a little bit. Um, which is kind of surprising yeah. because he just yeah. kind of bounces back in quite a, randomly in season eight. But then Joe says, get Kelly in here to replace Gabe. Why? Well, he's tall and weak. She's short and strong. I'm doing an opposites thing. I love it. <laughs> And then she tries to just do, uh, like, hug him goodbye <laughs> just to uh, make sure that she's not to blame. But she can't even do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, so, you're bonier than I imagined. Hey, there are a lot of women who love touching me. I've been with her. I'm a very good hugger. There's some women that's what I've been with. That's all they, that's all they want to do. Uh, and then I think um, no one is a bigger oh, yeah. fan of sexual touching than me. So you two are treated a level of conflict. <laughs> I could think of three explanations. One, you're taking MDMA, street name, ecstasy. I've done it. I know the feeling. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Number two, you're trying to cram an entire relationship in before Holly has to go back to Nashua. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and three, you're at an advanced age where your organs your are no longer. Climaxes yeah. are as powerful. <laughs> that so you need one. to compensate with foreplay. <laughs> taboo behavior. That one, the third one. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, I uh, I love I, I love creepy Gabe 
Um, yeah, he's good as a he, creep. I love creepy Gabe. I love creepy Gabe towards Val. It's so weird. And I mean, that's when I feel like that's when Gabe really like is showing his colors. <laughs> I love when he's down in the warehouse trying to interrupt uh, Daryl's um, safety presentation because uh, he thinks that Val loves a good put down. Um mm. And so he's like holding up the belt. This is actually, maybe I'll change my Gabe moment to this, where he's holding the <laughs> lifting belt and going, look, it's like a hula hoop. <laughs> Melekalikimaka is Hawaii's way. <laughs> it's, so it's so creepy the way he says that. I'm going to be milking that hard. <laughs> Your card is more beautiful than the gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to Gabe. Oh, get out, skeleton man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Walks in with a single cupcake. He, has a, he just peeks his head with a little cupcake. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, uh, but see, here it is. It's like his physicality is what we end up talking about. And like I brought it up before, too. And I think the best, the best physical comedy moments in the whole show is when Gabe goes into the pool and pool party with his pants around his ankles. I just sort of trips and fall. <laughs> <laughs> follow in, follow Robert California. I mean, that's, I think that's, that's Gabe's greatest gift to the show is it's just it's the physical humor and humor about physicality. <laughs> <laughs> what happens with this character though? Cause like after he breaks up, like you said, he's sort of just, he's another single guy in the office, uh, spinning out of control. And I don't, it never really is resolved in any way. No, they just, so they keep him around. They it, ostensibly they write him off at the end of season seven. They all say goodbye to him, and Pam says, "I'm sorry we didn't get you a cake." And then in season um, eight, episode one, the list, he's there, but only kind of in the background. He's one of the losers. And Andy says right. uh, when he goes in to fight for everyone, you know, he fights for Stanley and Meredith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> says, and just to show that I'm uh, being honest with you, you had Gabe in the loser column. I think that is an astute observation. That's uh, great. <laughs> and he did, Gabe there, deserved that. Gabe deserved that. <laughs> All of Gabe's uh, moments or, or inclusions in different episodes is kind of random. He's a corporate. He's a corporate back and forth figure. He doesn't really have a defined role in the office. He his goal seems to be to just kind of suck up to Robert, kind of similar in the way that he does to Joe. But Joe he. Robert doesn't have the same needs around his dogs and his luggage that Gabe often carries for Joe. Um, so he's just kind of around and allowed to be really silly until the end of season eight when Sabre goes away. Yeah. And, and, and at all that time at no point is anyone in the office appear to be friendly with Gabe or st- stands up for Gabe. It's rare that he has any genuine moment with another character. That's, that's like heartwarming at all. Uh, one of the one of the few characters who really doesn't doesn't have anything like that. They, they yeah, they really do. They practically treat him like Nick, the IT guy. The only thing I can think about is when he's you know dressed as Gaga during the costume contest, and people are cheering for him. <laughs> <laughs> Another fantastic Gabe moment. I think this is part of the reason why Gabe is so funny. Is he's so disconnected and allowed to just kind of be an accessory character of the ensemble. Uh, I can I made the comparison to Nate earlier, but it's the same thing around Nate. We're not super in- invested in Nate. Yeah, it's true. Um, and outside of you know hoping he doesn't die when he goes after the beehive uh, <laughs> with the baseball bat, um, but he just comes in for funny moments, and it, he doesn't need to be 
really included outside of in season seven when um, he is dating Aaron. I do think it's funny to think of Gabe's relationship with Michael because Michael is so openly kind of disdainful of Gabe and whether or not people think Gabe is the boss. Um, right. Uh, I'm Gabe. Uh, uh. Yeah. Uh, and uh Chow. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's like as i'm actually Chow. instead it's making fun of gabe becomes a salve for other characters mm-hmm. <laughs> it's only funny because michael is so disdainful of gabe but he never feels that way about jan or ryan or david wallace really he never has the same sort of re- relationship with them um i do Except love yeah. that's true but uh toby i mean toby comes from the hr side not necessarily like the corporate looking over michael's shoulder kind of thing Mm-hmm. Um, I do love in the Goodbye Michael episode when uh, Michael starts tripling up, and he has uh, Creed, Gabe, and Meredith all in the all in his office, and he says, "Now, whether you're scared of dying, dying alone, or dying drunk in a ditch, <laughs> <laughs> respectively, to each of them." And then Gabe stays by, stays behind, um, and he says, "I think he says I'm either going to quit today or I'm going to make sure that Andy's career is ruined." And Michael just says, don't quit today. And a little bit of advice, a little makeup on that Adam's apple. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, my God. But I think... Fuck you, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. But I think all of my favorite Gabe moments, or the large majority at the very least, um, come in season eight, when he's just allowed to be really funny and silly and strange throughout the whole thing. He, I love when... Um, I mean, we know about his uh, his love for horror movies, but when Aaron approaches him in Spooked and asks, he, he says, uh, uh, do you remember when you took me to that haunted house and I started crying immediately and kept crying the whole time? Can you help me make this party a little um, – like, can you help me with this party? And he says, I will make – it's like scary and sexy. And Gabe says, I will make this sexier than any you could have possibly imagined. <laughs> well, not that. Just the, just the scary. And he just starts laughing to himself. <laughs> Like well, there are moments, be, yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of moments where he either laughs to himself. No, 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 no. Yeah. You thought you think you invented Telenasty? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that part, yeah. <laughs> you think she invented Telenasty? No, 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 no. Oh God! I, uh, another great one. <laughs> so well. <laughs> That's just one of my favorite lines. Can you repeat repeat that drop? Yeah. I barely heard it. I know how to use chopsticks so well. There you go. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Also, uh, near the end of season eight, Turf War. Did someone say mm. girl talk? Sometimes he says. Did someone say girl talk? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna drop that later. Nice. Sometimes, Sometimes I, wonder I wonder if I have if ovaries I have in my scrotum. In my scrotum. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it! <laughs> and then in sync, baby. He's asking them about Korean soap operas, and Nelly goes, "Do you think I'd like that, or is it important to have an Asian fetish?" Gabe goes, "Uh, <laughs> I think you're gonna need to have an Asian fetish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it'll be upsetting if you don't." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a creep. GSL. <laughs> I that's another moment where in Florida, in um, I believe the episode's after hours when Dwight gets pulled away for bed bugs. He says, "Hey, freak, get over here!" To Gabe, he's, he's like, "You got to help me make sure that uh, Packer doesn't sleep with Nelly." What's in it for GSL? <laughs> yeah, there we you go. You want Packer as your boss? They don't make uh, these cords and boot cut yeah. anymore. Gabriel, Susan, Lewis. Yeah. 
the, th- then, that's that's a great bit of physical comedy. The way that he sprays that, yeah, <laughs> so good. Just from an inhaler, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the way that Packard just dances over to him and throws up in his lap. <laughs> what a sad man, dude. He's just a punching bag, like, uh, and a creep that even has that roofy stuff, just like ready to go. Uh, <laughs> or not roofy stuff, but like, you know, he has that to, to put in Todd's drink. It yeah. just makes, well, you know what? It might just be a lung capacity thing. As he says later to Aaron, Aaron says, we could all be gym teachers talking about Pete. Gabe says, well, I technically can't. I don't have the lung capacity to blow a whistle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Anything else about what, Gabe that we need to talk about? Other favorite Gabe moments? Yeah. I mean, I, I think we should just look at Gabe in season nine moving on, which is just a, a showcase for Zach Woods and for Gabe. Yes. When Andy finds out that uh, Pete and Aaron are dating, he brings in their exes uh, back to the office. And it begins with uh, Alice coming in and Aaron has that realization. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. And she runs back through the break room. And Creed says, hey, look, the Birdman's back. <laughs> and there's a change. Re- Didn't you guys used to do it? And Gabe Hello, says, beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for remembering that. <laughs> but just Gabe, they put Gabe in sitting on the couch by reception with the tiniest little cart. And he says, uh, you know, after I was heartbroken over you, I lost 50 pounds. But as you can tell, I put that weight right back on. He says, touch my buttocks. And he gets up. He goes, Feel how fat my buttocks are. It's like a warm pumpkin. <laughs> and then when they sit in that conference room, Gabe is just completely unleashed. I mean, all the things he says about not having the lung capacity uh, to blow a whistle. Um, he talks about using his chopsticks so well. Um, yeah. And then he's making fun of Pete. He's basically shoveling sashimi, in, sashimi into his mouth. Um, or what about this? Andy, we'll get to that. Gabe, did Aaron ever tell you she loves you? Gabe laughs. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. She wouldn't even let me say it. It was adorable. She would plug her ears and scream her heart out. Oh, my God. And then Aaron says, Gabe, can you stop talking? Because every word out of your mouth is like the squawk of an ugly pelican. <laughs> I got a tattoo for you. I didn't Nobody ask you to get that, to get that Nike, Nike Swish. Music you into, Pete. I like all kinds of music. Really? All kinds? You like the songs of hate written by the White Knights of the Ku Klux Klan? Aaron, are you hearing this? <laughs> and then... <laughs> Aaron, I've been to Japan. I know how to use chopsticks so well. Come back one night. Give me one night with you. What is that supposed to mean? I have shaved everything. I don't want you to shave yeah. everything. I'm, I'm smooth as a porpoise. That's so gross. <laughs> yeah, I banged her. <laughs> like that episode is so perfect because that – think about where – it begins with Gabe coming in as this no-name figure with a box of office supplies coming in. And then when his last appearance in the show is greeted with, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. And then Gabe is just a cannon for ridiculous lions. Yeah. you know They literally so applaud good. him when he first shows up. And he walks in. And he goes, thank you. And, and also you. White brings him a <laughs> yeah. tray of hot dogs and then just sets them down <laughs> Scranton on the carpet. Hot dog from Hot Dog. Or from yeah. Scranton. Yeah. And uh, once they figure out who he is, no one cares about him. And that's how Gabe ends in the show is no one cares about him. Yeah. No beauty in ordinary things for GSL. <laughs> he he vanishes as mysteriously as he arrived. <laughs> and <laughs> in the Gettysburg episode, when they're just getting off the bus, he says, fun fact in France, Limitless is called the man with many capabilities. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> 
there's another one where he's like leading a meeting uh, at the front and, and Kelly says, oh, kill me. And uh, Andy says, okay, listen, we obviously we all want to die, but we have to get through this. And uh, Gabe's like, really? Can we get through this? Because I'm your boss. You work for me. <laughs> there are like those weird little moments where he uh, asserts his authority. Walk Tiny away, bitch. Flex. <laughs> yeah. I love Gabe talking to Aaron again, trying to like win her over. And he's like, Aaron, I'm in love with you. I don't believe in much, okay? I don't believe in horoscopes. I don't believe in Christmas. Uh, I sure as hell don't believe in God. And Aaron's like, shocked. What? Or maybe there's a God. I don't know. I mean, it's just not a guy with a long white beard. <laughs> and of course, she's shocked again. Or it could be. I mean, it's possible that that's exactly what, what God is. <laughs> and Aaron's like, yeah, nodding. I love it. Well, <sighs> and then there's that scavenger hunt. Where uh, just to highlight another physical comedy moment from Zach Woods, where Andy and Aaron are basically going through the scavenger hunt together, and then at the end, it's his Valentine's kiss, and it's it, and then uh, Andy can see out the break room window or the conference room, or yeah, yeah, the break room window, mm-hmm. and just sees Gabe standing out there, and Aaron turns around, and the way that Gabe blows a kiss to her is just so awkward and horrifying, just. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, oh, like a yeah. weird mm-hmm. cough that he's releasing Ugh. towards her. It's very strange. Mm. <laughs> Poor Gabe. It's like a kiss from an ugly pelican. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well, you get you get a lot of two. Sorry, we get a lot of two word insults for Gabe. Skeleton man, ugly pumpkin or uh, ugly, ugly pelican, bastard. warm pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, Gabe Lewis. Well, fellas, in case you can't read my my my, my poker face, <laughs> I think it's time we move on to some trivia. Or, uh, sorry, conference room. Five minutes. Everyone, conference room now. Robert California conference call. That's oh, good. Nice. Found another one. There's always nice. another one. Uh, okay, so this week's conference room uh, comes courtesy of Chelsea on Instagram. Uh, shout out to Chelsea. She interacts with us a lot. Um, she sent us just the. Uh, this post, um, it's writings from a Stoic, and the quote, it's just a quote that says, Wealth is the slave of the, fi- of the wise, the master of the fool. Mm-hmm. Wealth is the slave uh, of the wise. from who? Uh, from Seneca the Younger. Mm. Okay. Um, Love it's from. <laughs> yeah. I like their uh, applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <So> Seneca. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Wealth is the slave of the wise, the master of the fool. Um <laughs> And it's funny because hearing that quote, it has nothing to do with the office, but it's very easy to think of Vikram. Ah, yes, of course. Yeah. The food of the wise man, but the liquor of the fool. Yep. Um, so this begs the question, it's just a fun discussion topic. What things that are completely unrelated to the office make you think of the office every time? Hmm. I So one I came up with, uh, and maybe I'll come up with some better ones while we're talking about this, but... The phrase cut off her nose to spider her face, um, <laughs> yeah. which is brought up in Crime Aid um, as oh, sorry, uh, during the roast as something that Michael Scott once said, uh, because he says spider face mm-hmm. instead of spite her face. But I always think of the office because I still don't know what this means. Do you, Edwin, do you do you guys know what that this phrase means? Cut off her nose to spite her face. It's like uh, it's like you're hurting yourself. It's like that. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, like in in trying to prove a point, you you damage yourself. 
yeah. and like maybe you proved yourself right, but now you don't have a nose. It's like, see, I told you I could I could do this, and then you get hurt. And- well, right. to, to quote Michael, let's learn what we can by reading. Um, hurt oneself in the course of trying to hurt another. <laughs> yeah. Needlessly yeah. self-destructive overreaction to a problem. Mm. Ah. Don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Gotcha, gotcha. So clearly people have used this in reference to my, things Michael has done, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, did, you have, did you have one, Alex? Yeah, I jotted, I jotted a, a couple down. One, uh, the entirety of Newsweek magazine. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you just don't hear about Newsweek much anymore. I, I don't see their magazines around. You just They're not a news source for me in any way. So they, they just never come across me. So the, the rare times I ever do see Newsweek, and I say this because I went to the dentist today, uh, and it made me think of this. Like, anytime I hear or see Newsweek, I just think about Michael holding up the China Newsweek magazine. <laughs> That's it. Just makes me think. Oh, Michael reads Newsweek. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and this is a super weird one, but when like people take take a a drink of coffee or a hot beverage, like the first one of the day, and it's like ah, that first sigh after a cup of coffee, <laughs> first sip of coffee. <laughs> every time I hear that, I think about Jim doing the prank where Dwight's drinking coffee with his feet, and he just goes like. Thank you, thumbs. Nothing in the universe can do what you do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just stuck in my head, can't get it out. And now, whenever people make that sigh, <laughs> I guess, like, I guess, in a weird way, maybe this is kind of like we've talked about, like, um, audible earworms before mm-hmm. on this show. Like, I can't. I it's it's hard to say why exactly, but. Astrid saying, what did I learn? <laughs> Whoa. Pops into my head all the time. And I I don't know if it's just like when people say things, when when people like ask a question in that with that inflection, but I hear it immediately. <laughs> you might learn shapes or blocks or clocks. Or colors, or you might have learned that we're all sisters and brothers. Nice. Thanks. <laughs> it was, was Edwin, you got anything? Yeah, uh, this is also a weird one. And Alex, you can cut it out if you don't want this uh, out there. I believe the oh. license plate of your car has JLP in it. That is correct. I jilp yeah. you. Yeah. JLP, I jilp you. I think wow. every time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for transmitting that disease to me for the rest wow. of my time I have this car. <laughs> Oh man! I jump you. I think, yeah. I, That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so my car, my license yeah, plate. This okay. was a. I mean, it was a while ago. When we were still recording at your old house, but like, yeah. I remember you got the car. I remember seeing it on the street when I was walking up. JLP, I jump you. Great. <laughs> uh, um, I'm gonna. <laughs> what else? What else you got? Um, the music of Billy Joel. <laughs> yes. Yep. And and Just even all less, of his music. <laughs> well, even less we um Ryan started the fire, but even more, you may be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in a jokey way where you're gonna start singing. Uh here's a quick speed round. I'll do I have three quick ones here. Do it. Yeah. Whenever do it people it. whenever people talk about lizard people, you know, like running the world, mm-hmm. that whole Oh, uh reptilians. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. I think about Bob Casamacus. I, I just can't oh. hear lizard people without thinking of Barbara California anymore. Mm-hmm. The whole the, the song swing King. the song Sweet Low Swing Low Sweet Chariot. Can't <laughs> hear that anymore. 
And then uh, the last one's weird too, which is whenever I throw food, like the first time I throw food or something into an empty trash can and like it's, it's an empty bag. The, the, the visceral <laughs> feeling of that and the sound of it hitting an empty trash bag is when, when D'Angelo throws like two handfuls of cake in right after each other. <laughs> and he's like, no, you deserve this. And he eats it. What am I doing? And he throws it in there. That sound, I don't know, that 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 empty trash bag uh, is the... I thought you were thing. going to reference when uh, the the new leads episode, when uh, oh. Aaron, what, what did you do with the trash can? I took it out. It had Toby's baba ganoush, and then <laughs> and then Dwight looks. He's like clean sack. Yeah. yeah, he licks it. He puts <laughs> it in his mouth. I feel like a lot. There's a lot of scenes throughout the show where they throw something into an empty trash can, which is mm-hmm. like it's on set. Like the trash cans are usually probably all empty, uh, so it happens a lot. And it mm-hmm. well, then why have I been separating the trash into whites and colors? <laughs> Eight years. Eight years. Uh, is that we- it? Yeah, let's let's move let's move let's on. Let's do it. Let's move on to some trivia. Thank you, thank you, Chelsea, for that. Thanks, Chelsea. Yes. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. This week's trivia sent to us by Haley. This trivia is titled "Tan Everywhere, Jan Everywhere." Teehee. Okay. This is Jan Levinson Gould trivia. Jan Levinson All right. trivia. All right, here we go. No Gould. <laughs> Uh, season, go the go-go. season three, episode three, the coup. What two stores does Dwight tell Jan to go to? And what items does he tell her to buy? Uh, Liz Claiborne and for, for, and for a blouse. Yeah. And Ann Taylor. And what for is earrings? He? Yes, that's correct. Season four, episode eight, the deposition. What three reasons does Jan give for being glad about having left Dunder Mifflin? Um, she gets to spend more time with Michael or with her sister. She says, There's, one, "Isn't one of them that she doesn't? She's not judged at her boob job or something." <laughs> she says she's got. She gives three reasons. She never felt welcome there. Mm-hmm. It's such a boys club. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then of course, uh the the one that she tells to Michael. They displayed a pattern of disrespect and inappropriate oh. behaviors. Okay. I was fixated on when she's like, No, 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 this could work. I can I'll be there when you come home from work and you know when she's talking to Michael. <laughs> yeah. Season five, episode four, baby shower. What is Jan's baby's name and what is the name's origin? So Astrid. Yes. And it's a Norse Viking princess. Yes, a Viking princess. Correct. Season seven. And your boy named Chevy. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> season seven, episode four, Sex Ed. Jan says, how do I do it? Then lists three examples of her accomplishments. Then says, if I knew, I'd tell you. What are the three accomplishments? Uh, well, she's she, one of us about her new job. Like she works. Yes, she's working full time. There's something about her job, I I, and this this has been trivia before. So do you do you remember it, what her new job is? That doesn't make a difference. Medical <laughs> medical supplies, right? Yeah. She yes, director medical of supplies. office purchasing yeah. for the hospital. Okay, so yeah. that's she one. wrote a children's book or something. Close. She's like. 
I, she's released an album of I Doris Day covers on her own oh, label. That's ah, right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And third is, yeah, third should yeah, what be is it? Uh, what is it? raise a daughter. Um, okay. Okay, oh. and this is it. This is the last one here. Season seven, episode seventeen, Threat Level Midnight. What is Jan's character's name in Threat Level Midnight, and what message does she sing for Michael Scarn? They call me Jasmine Windsong. Correct. Isabella, I'll say follow to you. The prisoners oh, are uh, under the stadium. Hostages, hostages are under yeah. the stadium. Correct. The hostages yeah. are under the stadium. Uh, thank you. So great job, guys. And great job, Haley. Thank you so much, Haley, yes. for sending in this uh, a nice little bite-sized Jan Levinson trivia. Um, hearty bowl of jam. <laughs> <laughs> Start your day with a hearty bowl of jam. Well, and she bought the milk. <laughs> <laughs> if you at home listening have uh, some trivia for us, please email it to us, MS Podcast. Yeah, that's MS Podcast Company. Email us. MS Podcast Company at gmail.com. You can give us a call, 503-694-9314. Leave us a voicemail. We are now doing voicemail episodes, which is really fun. So uh, and we've been getting more and more voicemails. So that is super cool. Um, we love yeah, doing I got to figure out how to turn off Google alerts for that account. <laughs> yeah, I know. The, yeah, you guys are blowing us up, and we really appreciate it. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram. We're on Twitter at Michael Scott Pod. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. And you can join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Scott. Uh, become a Scott's Tot. It's five bucks a month. You support the show. Um, you support a good cause. We've been uh, donating some of our funds to the Thurgood Marshall College Fund in an effort to uh, bring Michael Scott's dream to life. Um, so uh, we think it's really cool that we're all doing that together. Um, so thank you to our, our Patreon subscribers supporters um, last month really quick last month that was about 240 bucks we whoa. donated and we'd nice. like to I'd like to top that i'd like to keep that oh, going up definitely definitely and every month if you're if you're a michael scott subscriber on patreon uh every month you get a special scott's taught episode where we go through all the questions submitted on patreon um, so, uh, you get that like around the, usually around like the 15th or 17th of every month. Um, so that's really cool. Um, special thanks to Ryan Lloyd who helps us with our social media and designs our artwork. And, uh, this episode was recorded over video chat in Portland, Oregon. Uh, thank you as always for listening, especially if you made it this far to the episode. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, mm-hmm. spend a little time with us to talk about, uh, GSL, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, no, we, we really, truly appreciate everyone who listens, everyone who hangs out with us. So, uh, take care, uh, stay safe. And we'll see you next week. Pippity poppy. Give me the zombie. Yes, yes sir. sir. This one's called Earthrise on the Moon. That's so beautiful. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.